0: Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, you belong here. And we hope
1: that this word uplifts and inspires you in your daily life. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to Grace Church. Whether you're watching us online or you're here in person, we're so glad to be together. Amen? Amen. Uh, what an amazing time that we just had in our time of worshiping our Lord. Uh, what a rich time. I just, I just know that the Lord is doing something big in people's lives right now in this moment. Though things are kind of switching over to having somebody share the word, I believe that God is still speaking But what he was speaking to you five minutes ago. So allow the Lord to continue to let that settle in your heart, because I think God's doing something big. Aren't you excited for that? God is always moving. God is always working. Well, hey, um, we are in the middle, or actually not in the middle, I'm so sorry, Uh, we are wrapping up our series of our study in the 23rd Psalm. And who would have thought that we could take this very well-known passage of Scripture, this well-worn Scripture, and yet we can find new and exciting insights for our lives today? At least that's what I hope you're getting out of this, because I know that I have been so transformed by taking time this last month and really diving in to these treasures that God's Word has uh, through the history of time. like It's just so amazing how God's Word is active, it's living, and it's, wherever I'm at, it's going to speak to me exactly where I'm at and gives me what I need when I need it. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that you could take passages of scriptures that you read 20 years ago and you could read them today and it's, it's going to speak to you right there and right when you need it? I, I love that about God's Word. It is such a treasure for us. Well, as we're wrapping up this series, I, I thought it would be good. I know we just saw this really cool video from our production team, Train and the production team, and they do a wonderful job every week uh, giving us like an intro. But, but I thought as we're wrapping this up, let us let us recite this together. Uh, I think it's something important, not just to listen to it, not just to read it, but to declare it with your own voice, that you make it personal this morning, and you, you say these words as a prayer, as a praise to God that he is our shepherd. So if you're here in the house, will you stand to your feet? If you're watching online, will you just even grab your, your Bible or, or you could see some, uh, maybe we'll have it on the screen here for you. Or maybe you're an overachiever and you've already memorized this. Uh, let's test that out right now. And we're going to say this again. Say it like you mean it. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Yeah, go ahead and take a seat. So powerful. So powerful to recite those words. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together, Lord. We pray, God, as we continue on our study in this psalm, I pray that it comes to life. It, it, it feeds our soul what we need the most from you, God. And I pray that that happens for everyone, God, that is watching and listening to this, Lord, because your word does not return back void. So have your way in our hearts, just like the worship team led us into, Lord, that we would have listening ears for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, As we're wrapping up, we've done six weeks. This is week number six, and so we're going to verse six, verse six. And, you know, I love the way it starts out. It says one word. It says, surely. In other words, this is a fact. This is a fact. You could bank on this. What What are we confident about? Well, David's confident in this. He says, surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the days of my life. Now, as I've been spending time with Jesus this week preparing myself and preparing the message for this, I believe that God's wanting to do something a little different than what we're used to. As I was studying this, I usually try to come up with some applicable points for you to to grab a hold of, to, to implement into your life. And I'm usually asking you to add something to your life. To, to take a principle and, and take it from God's word and, and, and do it and, and learn how to, to get the word in you and let it be living and active in your lifestyle, in your life. But as I was studying and I was looking at this passage, I felt that the Lord said, he's, he's going to teach us in a different way. And here's what I mean by that. As we look at the scripture, as we unpack it, I believe that God is telling us, as we study this out, he's going to show us what not to do. Something that we need to stop doing. So we're going to allow the Lord to renew our minds through the word to allow us to maybe let go of some thoughts that maybe aren't the right thoughts or maybe the wrong approaches of how we read this and understand this passage. So I'm going to do my best to get us there. Are you ready for that? Well, let's start at the beginning. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, the key word in this whole passage for me, in this first line, is the word follow. Everybody say follow. 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 Now, as I was digging into the original language of this passage, I I learned something. I learned that I was seeing this word all wrong. When I actually saw what it meant and what was behind it, I thought, wow, when I think of the word follow, I think of somebody um, just walking behind me. But as I was digging deeper, I learned that this word is pretty weak, when it really describes what it's really trying to say. See, this word follow in the original Hebrew language means to pursue, to, to aggressively chase after. I don't know if you knew that or, or, or not, but when I was reading this, I thought, wow, that takes it to a whole new level for me to believe that God's goodness and mercy is aggressively pursuing me, that he is chasing after me with his goodness and And His mercy. I don't know if that changes things for you, but it changed a lot for me as I was reading through that. And I thought, Wow, that's amazing to me that God's goodness and mercy is pursuing me uh, in that way, in that manner. So as I was looking at that, I thought, Okay, what does this mean for us? What do we need to stop doing in light of that? Well, point number one is this: is we need to stop trying to chase after the goodness and mercy. See, we need to reprogram our minds to this truth is that God's mercy and his goodness are not the reasons why we follow God. They are the outcome of who we are following, right? And this whole series as we've been talking about our shepherd and who our shepherd is. It's all centered on Christ Jesus being our good shepherd. He is our shepherd. And as our shepherd, as we follow after him, it is his goodness and mercy that surrounds us as we follow after him, as we pursue him, as we listen to him, as as we know that we are trusting our lives with him and in him. You know what? It's been interesting. I don't know if you've caught this or not, but every time we're diving into this psalm, we're actually even going back to what Jesus said about himself in the Gospels of John. When Jesus stood up and he was teaching the people and he was trying to show them the relationship that he longed to have with them, and he actually used this metaphor as being the good shepherd. Do you remember that? I've been using a lot of passages from from that particular uh, passage of scripture, John 10, when Jesus says that I am the good shepherd, that I lay down my life for my sheep. That my sheep know my voice. Does does that ring a bell? Does that sound familiar? I mean, Jesus was speaking of this relationship that he yearns for in our lives, to be our shepherd, to to promise us that he would guide us, that he would provide for us, that he would protect us, that he would lead us through where we need to go. And I love this passage because in the middle of it, he says this in John 10.10, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. See, it is only by God's goodness, right? It's only by God's mercy that we are able to experience this, what this other translation say, in abundant life. That's what Jesus offers us. That's what we experience as we follow after him, as we put him as our shepherd. But we need this. We need both grace and mercy, don't we? We need his grace. We need his mercy. See, we not only receive goodness. Why? Because we're sinners and we need mercy. Yet God doesn't just give us mercy because he understands our hearts and how fragile they are, that we need some tenderness, we need some compassion, we need his goodness to kind of help us stay on track, help us move along. I just love that about God. C.S. Lewis says this, he says, goodness to supply every want and mercy to forgive every sin. Goodness to provide and mercy to pardon. Aren't you thankful for the mercy and the goodness of our God? That that's how he leads us. And then that's what's pursuing us. You know, the problem is, is that too many people, they don't understand the true character of God. You know, For them, they think that, that what's chasing after them is the raft of God and the judgment of God. And they just feel like they got to stay on track because if they go to one side or the left, they, they think that it's going to come and nip at them and, 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 and strike them, and that that's God's way of keeping us on track. And they kind of follow God out of fear. That's not what he's saying here. He's saying that it's God's goodness and mercy that draws us to him. It's God's goodness and mercy that chases after us. And as we, as we understand that, we start to want to follow him. We don't have to follow him, but we want to follow him. And it's his goodness and his mercy in our lives that makes us and draws us to be close to him, to draw near to him, to want to stay on the path that he's leading us in. But I think that that's the problem is that we have this different image of God. We we understand this about God. We understand that God his character never changes, right? God's character is steadfast, he is faithful, he's reliable. But David is describing the works of God here. And what is the works of God? How would you describe that? Well, David says this He says, You understand that the works of God is mobile, it's active. God is always in the pursuit of what he cherishes the most. And you know what God cherishes the most? You, me, our hearts. And he is actively in pursuit of it. And he's doing everything that he can to help us understand that he longs to be in relationship with us. No matter where you find yourself today. You know, I see this throughout scripture, throughout the stories of the Bible. Even at the very beginning, you know how it all starts out in the garden called Eden. And what we understand in that story is that, that, that his children, Adam and Eve, who he, who he wanted this relationship with, we know that the relationship was broken because they were tempted to, 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 to pursue their own selfish desire, and they brought sin into their hearts, and it separated. We know the mess that that caused. And what we read in the stories, we see that that, that, that situation, that incident, that made them want to run from God's presence. That made them want to hide from God's presence. But what I read is that God didn't leave them in that state. What I read is that God was unsatisfied with leaving them there, but he pursued after them, didn't he? It so says that in the cool of the day, the, 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 the father came and he called out to them. He even said, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where they were. It's because he wanted them to hear his voice to say, I'm looking for you. I'm searching for you. I'm not going to leave you in the hiding. I'm coming after you. I'm pursuing you. We serve a God who pursues. I mean, that needs to settle in our hearts. Think about Moses. We're all familiar with the story of Moses. Moses made a mistake as a young man, and he tried to run from that, and he tried to run as far as he could from his past, from his calling. He runs to the middle of nowhere in a place in a land called Midian. Yet God doesn't leave him there, does he? No. God chases after him and God shows up in his life in the least likely place he ever thought he would find God. That's the middle of the wilderness and his loneliness and his failures. And that's where God met him. And God spoke to Moses and said, I still choose you, I still I still after you, I, I still have a plan for you. Man, that's what it looks like to see God's mercy and goodness chase after us. We know the prophet Jonah, right? Jonah ran from God's calling. Yet God met him in the belly of the fish in the middle of the ocean. What makes us think that God has stopped chasing us? What makes us think that we're out of reach from God's hand, that goodness and mercy is pursuing us? God never stops pursuing us. God's mercy and his goodness, it it, it never stops. Even when we turn to him, even when we decide to give our lives to him and start following him, his mercy and his goodness continues to follow after us as we begin to follow Jesus. I mean, take the disciples. I mean, these were the first people that literally dropped everything and started following him literally all across the, 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 the region of Judea. You know, one day Jesus instructs them to get on this boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed back. And, and, and these were experienced fishermen. It was a 10-mile journey. That was not a big deal. They are following Jesus' orders. But... The Bible tells us that in the middle of that journey, there was a violent storm that came rolling through. And you see these rain-soaked disciples trying to, to get through, to make it through the storm, and they were scared and terrified for their lives. Jesus is seeing them from a distance, struggling to stay afloat. Does Jesus just stay and watch? No. We see that he pursued, that he went after, that he walked on this water. They turned and they looked to him, And they knew that he was there when they needed him the most. That's how the goodness and the mercy of God works in our lives. Even in places we feel overwhelmed, we feel terrified, we're saying, God, we're we're doing this, we're obeying, but yet it can get in over our heads, and yet it's God that comes and rescues us. That's God's goodness. Does anybody have a story about God's goodness and mercy in your life when you were in those situations, right? His goodness and mercy is always there for us. How about Peter, the disciple Peter? Peter failed Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. He denies Jesus three times on the night of Jesus' arrest. See, when, Jesus, when following Jesus meant the death of his own aspirations and his own dreams, he decided that he was going to turn his back on, on that and go back to his old life. Gets back on a boat, tries to go back to where God called him out of. Yet Jesus didn't leave him there, did he? I'm real excited to get into this in a couple of weeks about what Jesus did to resurrected Jesus, but Jesus met him on the shore. You can say that he was met with Jesus' goodness and his mercy, right? That it never stopped chasing after him. Friends, I want to tell you that I was this rebellious teenager running as far from God as I could. I didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus, and I did everything that I could to prove to my mom that she needed to stop praying for me because I was a lost hope. I I feel like i got to tell some parents in here that are praying for the prodigals, let me tell you, there's something powerful about a mama and a dad's prayer. Don't stop praying for your kid. God is chasing them. His goodness and mercy is behind them, right? And and I remember feeling this sense of conviction over my life that I ran from God. And I said, I want nothing to do uh, with God or the things of God. And I was running from the far from church as I could. But but guess what? I couldn't run from the presence of God. I couldn't outrun the goodness of God. I couldn't outrun the mercy of God. It was 3 a.m. outside and a concrete step is when I surrendered my life to Jesus because his mercy and his goodness did not stop chasing me and me. That's my story. That's what I've experienced. I've seen that happen. Hold on to the faith. Hold on to the hope because we serve a good shepherd that will leave the 99 to go after the one lost sheep. So don't give up. Don't give up. God will chase us into our failures and our shortcomings in the storms of life. No matter where you find yourself today, God's goodness and His mercy is following you. I would say it's chasing after you. And he's doing everything he can to lead you and to keep you on the right path. Aren't you thankful for that? I mean, we need to be thankful for that. That's that's why when we sing these songs about God's goodness, man, it stirs something in me because I'm like, God, I don't deserve it, but you still give it. You're so good. And if you can relate to that, then you're like David. And that's the whole spirit of this psalm is it's a a time for him to rejoice and reflect back on God's good care, his goodness and his mercy, that he is a good shepherd that takes takes good care of his sheep. And he promises us that he will never leave us or forsake us. You know, David was also the writer of Psalms 139. And he says this, he says, where can I flee from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, and there's another translation that says Hades or hell. If I make my bed in hell, he says, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle as far as the sea, it says, even there, your hand will guide me your right hand will hold me fast. Wow. Aren't you thankful that God's goodness and his mercy comes after us, that he's a God who pursues? His goodness and mercy, that's what it looks like in our lives. It's his presence that never forsakes us, and it's his mercy that never denies us, right? That's what we have. So so we we don't have to just chase after, but we just got to turn and receive it. You know, I'm afraid for a generation that is so focused on trying to chase down the blessings of God and not God himself. He grieves me. I, 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 I'm afraid for a generation like that. I'm afraid for a generation that is seeking the hand of God and not the face of God. I, I'm afraid for a generation that is only looking for chasing opportunities and monetary gains and don't realize that true riches isn't about the things that you can earn here on earth, but it's what we receive from heaven, and that's the fellowship in the presence of God. I'm so afraid that our focus has changed. We need to seek him. And as we seek him, then the blessings will follow because we're drawn near to him. It is an outcome of staying near to the Lord. See, our our job is not to make blessings happen. Our job is to simply just follow Jesus. That's what he's trying to tell us. When we follow Jesus, then goodness and mercy will always follow us. Our job is to stay faithful to him. And in his time, let me tell you, doors will open. In time, in his perfect timing, there is no shortcuts in God's plan. We need to trust him that he's going to get us where we need to be when we need to be there. But if I'm following after him, it's going to come. He's going to make sure he's leading me through. So we need to stop trying to chase after these things. And we need to understand that we just got to follow after the Lord, our shepherd that's guiding us through. And then those things will show up, right? Right? The second misunderstanding that we need to keep or change about God's mercy is that we never need to underestimate the impact we have. Stop underestimating your impact. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, in this word follow, there's actually two interpretations of this. One is what I just shared about God's God's, uh, goodness and mercy chasing after us. But another translation is this is that God's mercy and his goodness should be left by us. In other words, does the goodness and the mercy of God, does that flow from your life? Does God's presence, which is the source of all goodness and in his mercy, does it flow from you? Do people understand that? Do people experience that in your life? Here's a practical way of of helping us. Let's just say you're having a conversation with somebody. When your conversation's over... Does that do you leave goodness and mercy with that person? Do you leave it in in the wake behind you? Or do you leave those conversations and the person feels negativity and strife and complaints? See what what follows you when you leave a place? When you leave a room, when you, when you leave a call, when you leave a meeting, when you leave your home. What do you leave behind? Is it grace? Is it compassion? Is it love? Is that a lasting impression that people have when they're with you? That's what it's saying. It's going it's to be there. It's going to be part of us. It's going to flow through our lives. Maybe the better question this morning is to ask you, do you recognize what you're leaving behind? Do you recognize what's following after you when you leave people's presence? See, when the Lord is truly your shepherd, his goodness and mercy, it should come through your life. It should linger after you leave people's presence. They should sense something different about you. God's goodness, right? The mercy that you experience, it's just not just for you, but if you're saturated in it, people will experience it. They will know. They they would understand. They will recognize that there's something different about you. Do people feel the residue of God's goodness and mercy behind you? Does, Does that linger That's the mark of knowing that somebody's been with Jesus, right? So we got to stop chasing after things that are chasing us, right? We have to understand the impact that we have. And the last one is this. We have to stop waiting for eternity to enjoy living in the household of God. This is how it all ends in this psalm. He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever i'm not sure what you think of when you hear the word the house of the lord i'm sure we have lots of different ideas that are popping in our minds right now some of us we might think uh, it means church right the house of the lord let's go to the house of the lord and that, for you that might mean church but you know in this context it, it's it's probably not right right why because at the time that david was writing these words uh church as we know it didn't exist right you know, what's interesting is that the, the temple wasn't even constructed at the time. God's presence dwelled in a tent called the tabernacle. So, so it couldn't have been a, a structure or a building. So, what is it? What, what's he mean here? You might think, well, it, might, it means heaven, right? Because that's God's house. I read somewhere, I heard somewhere that God lives in a mansion. So it's, maybe it's that. The house of the Lord is, is God's big house in the sky, right? God, he's talking about heaven. He's saying, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'll be there forever. Amen. Like, is that how he ends this psalm? I don't know. If somebody asked me that, I'd say, yes and no. I'd say, yes in the fact that God does promise us to all those who believe and die in our belief and our faith in Jesus that we will experience his eternal existence with him in a heavenly realm. I absolutely believe that. That is our hope that we're looking forward to. Amen. But I also say, no, that's not all that it's talking about, that this verse is talking about so much more. See, this word, this Hebrew word, the original language here, uh, for here, when it's talking about house, it does not mean a building, a structure, or a dwelling place. It actually means a family and a household. Kind of like where you say, like, home is where my family is. So if we go back to this metaphor that he's using in the psalm about a sheep and a shepherd and the relationship there, uh, what, what he's really talking about here is, is that he's describing the sense that the sheep be- feels when they belong to this flock that this shepherd has assembled. David is saying, he's saying, I feel the same way that a sheep feels when they are so deeply satisfied in the presence of their flock and of the care of their shepherd that I have no desire to ever change the situation. That's what he's leading us to. That that sheep never wants to leave the flock, and he says, just like that, I never want to leave the care of God, the, the, the household, the family of God. Remember, this is, this is not young David talking and looking back at his life. This is old David talking and looking back at his life. A David who, who followed and, and, and had decades of experience of following after the shepherd that's taken him through valleys and up mountains and everything in between. And what he's looking at, he's, he's reflecting back on his life, and he's saying, oh, God, has been so, so good to me. Through it all, through the ups, through the downs, and the twists and the turns, all that I've gone through in my life, he says, oh, God, has been so, so good to me. Can you say that today? that God has been so, so good to me. He's been so faithful to me. Why would I ever want to put my trust in someone else? This is where I belong. Do you hear that? Do you hear the tone of that, of what he's saying here as he's closing this beautiful psalm out? See, when you make the Lord your shepherd, he creates a home with you, and you have a home in him. That's what you get to experience. And on top of that, his manifest presence actually draws us in to a home among his flock. See, God still desires to dwell in his people and with his people. Apostle Paul describes that to the Ephesians here. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens of God's people, and also, listen to this, members of his household. He says, built on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and raises up to become a holy temple in the Lord or to become a house of God, house of the Lord. And in him, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Wow. See, God wants you to know that you are welcome in his flock, that he has prepared a place for you among his flock. It doesn't matter if you've only known Jesus for 10 minutes or a decade. He's got a place for you among he's, He's prepared a place for you, not just in the afterlife, but in the here and now. We don't have to wait. We could experience it now. You know, on the night of of Jesus's arrest uh, before his crucifixion, he gathers his disciples together and he wants to encourage them because he knows that their relationship's going to look a little different, feel a little different, but he's encouraging them and he promises them this. He says in John 14, he says, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I'm at or where I am. Friends, if we can believe this, because many of us do, and that's our blessed hope, if we believe that Jesus has prepared a place for us in heaven, then we also need to believe that God has also prepared a place for us here on earth as well. And it's a place among his flock, a place among his church, and what the Apostle Paul likes to put it, a place among the body of Christ, forever connected to him and forever connected to each other, the church. David knew, what Paul knew, what you and I need to also know is that we belong with God now and forever. See, God didn't just, God's not, um, he doesn't want to just bring your soul into heaven when you die. He wants to bring heaven down into your soul today, right? On earth as it is in heaven, right here and right now. And this is the essence of what David is saying. This is how he's wrapping this beautiful psalm up. He says, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to live in the presence of my shepherd, not just someday, not just one day, but now and forever. That's what he's saying. If I have the worship team come and join me. But that's how this beautiful psalm ends. It actually ends the way it begins. Focus not on the blessing but brings the focus back on the presence of the shepherd. So the big question as we are closing out this message and this series, because I want to take some time inviting the team up, and we're going to get back into uh, this the atmosphere of of worship. They're going to lead us into a song. But the big question I want to leave you with this is, how can I stay in the presence of my shepherd now and forever? I could echo the heart that David had when he wrote this. You would long for that. You'd be deeply satisfied with the Lord's presence in your life. Paul tells us to become that place that God can dwell. It starts with your heart, it starts with the Holy Spirit. I can be at home with Him if I allow Him to be at home in me. That's the question. That's what we need to reflect on. Is the Holy Spirit at home in my heart? And I think God was already speaking that earlier. I had no idea what they were going to share. But I feel like that's kind of the same vein that the Lord is trying to get us all into. Is he at home? Does he feel at home in our lives? In our homes, in our own, what we're in control of, in our attitudes, in our minds, in our hearts. Does he feel at home? Do we grieve the Holy Spirit or do we trust the Holy Spirit? And we just rely on him and we are willing to, to go where he's leading us. Because that's how we know. And that's how, if, if your answer to that is, I don't know or I don't think, then you could correct that today. You could correct that right now. And how you do that is just a simple prayer to say, Lord, have your way. That's a powerful prayer to just sincerely bring it to God and say, God, have your way in my heart. Where you lead, I will follow. When you do that, you see the Holy Spirit and your relationship with Him get activated. You start to see things, you start to trust, you start to experience. But you got to come to the place where you say, God, are you at home with me? Not just someday, one day, but Now. Do I experience this today? This unending presence of having fellowship with God and His people. You don't have to wait until you die to experience that. You can experience it now, in this moment. That's the good news. Let's do the Spirit. So as we're closing this out, I want us to reflect on this last verse one more time. I want us to look at it. Put it on the screen, please, and and, and just look at it one more time. And based on what you've heard, based on what the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart, I want you to think this and say, Surely the goodness and the mercy of God shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want that to continue. I want that to be there. I want to experience His presence here and now. Want to leave that. I never want to break that. I never want to be away from that. I need it. I want it. I desire for it. And if that's you today, I'm telling you, you have access through Jesus Christ, through what He's done for us. We don't have to go chasing after it, but it's here today. And all we got to do is respond to it. That's what He's saying. That's what you're sensing. That's what you're feeling. So if there's anybody here today that you've not had this experience, you've just been coming to church, you've you've heard about all these things, but today your faith is starting to wake up inside you You say, I'm going to trust in what he's saying. I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to give my life totally, 100% surrender to him. If that's you right now, will you just come and will you just open your heart? Will you just tell Jesus, say, Jesus, I trust in what you did for me, washing all of my sins through the blood of the cross. I believe that you raised on the third day today and that's what I'm experiencing and sensing is through your spirit right now. Just come to him. Just trust in the good shepherd. He's going to lead you in your life. And for the rest of us, maybe we've let some things get in the way and you're just desiring his mercy and his goodness is chasing after. It's him prompting your heart right now. Just Come it to him and for some of us maybe it's just our hearts need to get rekindled with that fire in us that God you've been so good we've been taking things for granted we've been focusing on other things and feeling discouraged and yet right now your soul's going to wake up and you're going to say God you've been so so good to me can you stand to your feet right now as we close I'm going to ask the team to lead us into this and I want you to focus on God's goodness I want you to start praising him for what he's done in your life and the trail that he's left behind you. Look back at the steps. Look back at your journey. Look back at the times he came through. Look back at the goodness of God. The mercy of God is upon your life and let's worship him. Can we do that? Can you close us out on that?
0: fails me in all my days I've been held in your head from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head and I will see the goodness Wonder. And I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have no to... Oh, my.
1: Here you call this out. You proclaim this right now. Come on, think about your life.
0: Oh my love, you have been so, so good. Oh my love, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Yes, yes, I will see the goodness. I will see the goodness of you, God. Yes, I will the goodness of you, God. Yes, I will, I will see the goodness of you, God. We declare I will see the goodness of
1: he is. Tell him how great he is. Come on, God, you're so good in this place. Thank you, Lord, for every story in this this place, God. Lord, I thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy that chases after us, never lets us go. It's always there. Lord, we thank you for this time together to be reminded of how blessed we are because of your presence in our lives. We love you, God. Let us go out of here, God. Come out of this place just so thankful for who you are, that we gotta tell somebody, that we won't keep it to ourselves, but that we will tell others about your goodness and about your mercy. Give us that this week, Lord. Give those opportunities will be all around us so that we can leave a trail behind us, out of your goodness and your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God the glory one more time with a hand clap. Without God is so good. He's so good. He's so good. Thank you, worship team. Well, hey, if you're part of our Grace Church community, we're real excited about next week because we're going to unveil something new to you. Something real excited. Something's been burning on my heart. As we're getting ready for Easter, Easter's in two weeks. We'd love for you to invite somebody, share a link. We we want to reach as many people with the gospel as we can this year. So be with us. Join us together and be in prayer for Easter Sunday. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. There's plenty of ways to get connected here at Grace Church. Find us on social media by searching Grace Church Federal Way or visit our website in the link below.
0: Have a blessed week.